0: So what we have to do is we have to change the lens that you look at your life through. We have to change how you see your life. We have to change how we, you see the people around you. And when you look at people through the eyes of love, you see a completely different picture than you do when you look through your natural eyes. Your selfish eyes. And the Apostle Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians, open the eyes of our heart. You know, I can't help when I when I hear that. When I think about that scripture, you know, you think about chakras. You know, you've got to open the chakras. Forget the chakra. Open the eyes of your heart, Lord. Show me the kingdom. People get into all these. Different religions and all these different practices. And they, they concoct things to try and figure things out. I'm feeling that in the room this morning. I'm about to smash it in the head. I'm about to crush chakras. I'm about to crush crystals and sacred cows and religious traditions. And things that you are mixing in with the Lord as worship. I curse that stuff at the roots. It is deception. It is a lie. It comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And Father, I thank you today, right now in this place, everything that is is a fake, false idol that people have set up in their hearts, let it fall down and be smashed to pieces in Jesus' name. Running to read your horoscopes and running to to the madam, madame, whatever her name is. Hotlines to your psychic tarot card reading. Even prayers of control. To try and control people with your prayers. Twist God's arm to do things for people that aren't doing what... You, I curse it all. I come against all of that. Let the fire of God consume it and destroy it. In the mighty name of Jesus. This is supposed to be a house of prayer. This is supposed to be a house of worship. There's not supposed to be any mixture in the house. You set up your false gods right next to the cross. Everything that you need to know, the Lord is able to give it to you. You don't have to divide your attention between the Lord and all these other things. Stop running after this new age mess. I drive around town. I'm, this is not in my message, but we're here. I'm just going to help you today. So thank you, Pastor. Pastor. If this is touching a nerve in you this morning, you're welcome. I'm trying to help you this morning. You know, if you want to shoot the messenger, you know, shoot the messenger, go talk to the Lord about it, and he'll back me up. Trust me. He's on my side when it comes to this thing. I drive around town and I see these stickers that say coexist. Coexist. We're going to mix every religion. All roads lead to Rome. All roads do not lead to God. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. And nobody comes to the Father unless you go through me. That is the only way into the kingdom. Wide is the road to destruction. Narrow is the path to life. And many choose the road of destruction. It's an easy road to walk. But the the road to life is narrow, it's difficult, and few ever find it. And this stuff about all these mixtures of religions, it's a mess. Don't go near it. Stay away from it. Because it'll shipwreck your faith you'll be on shaky sand shaky foundation and you will not grow and you are you are a double-minded man unstable in all your ways and you will receive nothing from the lord can i get an amen are you uh, pastor you being no i'm going to tell you the truth don't be entertaining Other options, family. That is like me uh, entertaining other women when I'm married. No, I am faithful to the Lord, and I'm not going to be seduced by the spirit of the world that wants to pull me into a death trap. Look at the person next to you and say, the thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, but Jesus has come, That you would have life and have it more abundantly. There's an abundant life waiting for you that only comes from the Lord. Amen? So, I'm not trying to pick on anybody. I'm just trying to help you. Get rid of that stuff. Amen? Um, And all the crazy stuff that comes with it, just get rid of it. Clean your house. Go home and clean your house. Get rid of the books. You don't need that in your house. So if you have it in your possession, there is an attachment in your heart. I'll say it again. I just see it in the spirit. If you're holding it in your possession, it has an attachment in your heart. And if what you're holding in your possession is not of the Lord, you need to clean it out of your life. And I see stuff in people's homes that are ungodly things that you need to go clean out. There's some stuff from your old life that you need to get rid of. I'm just trying to help you. If you want to be free, get rid of it. You know, as long as you have that thing and that you're holding on to it, it has sentimental value, it has attachment to you. Uh, That thing has got authority in your life and you you need to set it free. You need to let it go. Let it go. Let it go. Don't hold it back anymore. Let it go. Yes. I don't care what they will say. Yes, yeah, sing it. What's, what's that lost line? The cold never bothered me anyway. That's right. <sighs> Proverbs chapter 4. I just want to read from the book of wisdom. It says, my children, listen when your father corrects you. Pay attention and learn good judgment. For I'm giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions. You know, when I walked into my office this morning, the word that hit me was, why is it so hard for people to just follow instructions? Why is it hard for me to just follow the directions? Why do I have to come up with my own way all the time? You just, you can't follow the recipe. You got to add all your little things to the recipe. Just follow the recipe. But no, we're going to be creative. (laughs) Or rebellious, whatever you want to call it. It says, I am giving you good guidance. Don't turn away from my instructions. For I, too, was once my father's son, tenderly loved by my mother's only child, as my mother's only child. My father taught me, take my words to heart. Follow my commands and you will live. Get wisdom. Develop good judgment. Don't forget my words or turn away from them. Don't turn your back on wisdom for she will protect you. Love her and she will guard you. Getting wisdom is the wisest thing you can do. And whatever else you do, develop good judgment. Or I think the King James says... Uh, wisdom is the principal thing, get it. Look at the person next to you and tell him you are responsible for getting wisdom. And then it says, and in all you're getting, get understanding. So you need to understand the wisdom you're getting so you can apply it to your life because wisdom is going to give you a long life. It's going to honor you. It's going to bless you. Don't turn your back on wisdom, for she will protect you. Love her, and she will guard you. Amen? Verse 8. If you prize wisdom, she will make you great. Embrace her, and she will honor you. She will place a lovely wreath on your head. She will present you with a beautiful crown. My child, listen to me and do as I say, and you will have a long, good life. I will teach you wisdom's ways. Look at the person next to you and say, wisdom has ways. There are ways of wisdom. And lead you in a straight path. When you walk, you will not be held back. When you run, you won't stumble. Take hold of my instructions. Don't let them go. Guard them, for they are the key to your life. Don't do as the wicked do. Don't follow the paths of evildoers. Evil so there's ways of wisdom, but there are ways of evil. Don't even think about it. Don't go that way. Turn away and keep moving. For evil people cannot sleep until they've done their evil deeds for the day. They can't rest until they've caused someone to stumble. They eat food of wickedness and drink the wine of violence. The way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until the full light of day. But the way of the wicked is like total darkness. They have no idea what they're stumbling over. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life. Everybody say life Life. to those who find them and healing to your whole body. You don't need me to pray for you. You just press into wisdom and you'll discover life and you'll find healing for your body. Amen. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. My goodness, if there's anything you can learn from us is protect your heart, guard your heart, watch what you're opening yourself up to. And all these other religions and all these other things, you need to shut that stuff down. You need to clean it out of your life. We all have pasts, we, you know, I used to read my horoscopes, but listen. You keep going back to the Asian food store to read the cookie. Oh, Oh, I don't like that one. And then you finally find the one you like. This is the one. This is what I want. Leave the fortune cookies alone. The Bible says you have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms. You're not trying to get blessed, you're already blessed. Look at somebody and say, You're already blessed. You're not trying to get blessed. You have been blessed. Say, I am blessed. Yeah, we got some unity in the house today. I am blessed. I'm not trying to get blessed. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. That's what the Bible says. My cup overflows with blessing. I'm blessed. I overflow with blessing. But the blessing dries up when you lose sight of the source. Every river has a mouth. And what mouth are you drinking out of? What mouth? What is your source? We're going to get into that in a second. Let's finish reading all this wisdom we got up here. Oh, avoid all perverse talk. Stay away from corrupt speech. Look straight ahead. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay safe on the path. Don't get sidetracked and keep your feet from following evil. I'll just keep going because it's so good. My son, pay attention. What are we doing? This is your Proverbs reading for the week. My son, pay attention to my wisdom. Listen carefully to my wise counsel. Then you will show discernment and your lips will express what you've learned. For the lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey. Say the mouth. Yeah, we're going to get into words today. I'll feel it. The lips of an immoral woman are as sweet as honey, and her mouth is smoother than oil. But in the end, she is as bitter as poison, as dangerous as a double-edged sword. You know, the last time I read Ephesians, I heard that we had a double-edged sword. It was the word of God in our mouth. But yet, there's another double-edged sword. It's the words of the enemy that can bring destruction to your life. Mm -hmm. Her feet go down to death. Her steps lead straight to the grave, for she cares nothing about the path to life. She staggers down a crooked trail. The Lord makes the way straight, but not this spirit. This is a crooked trail. And she doesn't realize it. So now my sons, listen to me. Never stray from what I'm about to say. Stay away from her. Don't go near the door of a house. If you do, you will lose your honor. And you will lose it to merciless people, all you have achieved. Strangers will consume your wealth, and someone else will enjoy the fruit of your labor. In the end, you will groan in anguish when disease consumes your body. You will say, how I hated discipline, if only I had not ignored the warnings. Oh, why didn't I listen to my teachers? Why didn't I pay attention to my instructors? I have come to the brink of utter ruin, and now I must face public disgrace." Let me say this to you. Here when you read uh, Solomon, when you read the book's uh, Proverbs, Solomon compares wisdom to this other woman. There is the spirit of the world, but then there is the spirit of God. And if you listen to wisdom, it's going to bless your life. But if you get seduced by the spirit of the world and you begin to draw from that source, it's going to lead you down a road to destruction. And there are so many pathways on that road that want to lead you straight into death. Everything that comes from the flesh is going to lead you to death. Let me find that scripture. Look at somebody and tell them the devil's not your problem. Galatians chapter 6 verse 7 through 8 says, Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps whatever he sows. For whoever sows to please the flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. It says from the flesh you'll reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, the Spirit will reap eternal life. So if you're going to sow into the things of the Spirit, you'll reap life everlasting or eternal life. But if you're going to sow into the flesh, you're going to reap destruction. You see, the devil already did what he needed to do. He deceived man in the garden. He ate the fruit from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And another source of another mouth, another river, another source began to flow in you, which was sin and death. You don't have to teach kids how to lie, how to steal, how to... Hit, how to fight, how to be jealous, how to be angry. That is already unlocked in you. The damage is already done. We were born under sin and death. So the devil already did what he needed to do. There's only one devil, by the way. Satan, Lucifer, there's only one of him. Trust me, he's not playing around with it. He doesn't care about us. He's got other bones to pick on, some bigger fish to fry. And so your life is based on, am I going to be yield to my flesh, to my sinful nature, or am I going to yield to the Spirit? Yeah, let's go there for fun. Go to Galatians. What am I doing right now? I'm not going with my notes. I'm just going with what's flowing in my heart. You have to learn to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost on the inside of you. Are you with me? So uh, Galatians chapter 5 verse 16 says this, So I say, let the Holy Spirit guide your lives. Then you won't be doing what your sinful nature craves. You can only be in one of two places at the same time. You're either following the Holy Ghost who's on the inside of you or you're following your sinful nature. You don't kill people while you pray in tongues. You know what I'm saying? No. No. Those don't, it's like, they don't work. It's like fire and water. They just, they don't go together. You know what I'm saying? I know that's an extreme analogy, but you're either in the flesh or you're in the spirit. You were in one of two places. You're either in yourself or you're in Christ. You got to pick where you live. Stop jumping different places. Find a place, get rooted, get grounded and stay there. Sunday, I'm in the spirit. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, I'm in the flesh. Wednesday night, back in the spirit. Yay. Thursday, back in the flesh. Friday, woo, big flesh. Saturday, recovering in the flesh. Sunday morning, back in the spirit. So I'm beat up five days of the week, but I'm good two days of the week. Woo, I feel that. What is the atmosphere like in your house? I just seen that right there. I seen an atmosphere in your home. If I walked into your house, would it be peaceful? Because the words you're speaking in your home are creating an atmosphere in your house. The attitudes in your heart actually creates an environment in your house. And when other people walk into your home, they can feel the atmosphere in your home. Mm, I feel like the Lord is going to mess with some stuff today. Woo! yeah. Stirring up the pot. Taking the big stick and whacking the beehive. The hornets are flying. Ow! (laughs) I'm about to get stung. (laughs) No, what is the atmosphere in your home? Because the atmosphere in your heart is going to determine the atmosphere in your home. And when you are grumpy and grouchy and all full of self, it produces in you this whole world of chaos. And then when chaos starts coming out of your mouth, death and life are in the power of the tongue. When you're speaking death to your kids and you're speaking death to your spouse, this atmosphere of tension and jealousy and anger and fighting it it begins to brood over the house. I'm just prophesying a whole lot of stuff this morning. This is fun. Just like the spirit was hovering over the waters, and the Lord said, Let there be light. There is a spirit that hovers over your house. And what words are you speaking? Are they words of life or are they words of destruction? What is hovering over you? What is brewing on the inside of you? Is it suspicion? Is it? Are you grouchy? Is it judgmental? You know, if you get judgmental, you're going to lose your mind. You're going to become mental. People who are judgy, always judging, picking, you have no peace in your heart. Look, I'm helping you today. Don't run from this. Embrace it. I want to help you. I want to help fix the atmosphere in your heart so you can experience life. And there's stuff that you've been gripped by that you can't shake free from. And the Lord is unraveling all that stuff today. There's already, I'm speaking stuff out that I didn't prep for. There's stuff in your home that you need to break free from that's got attachments in your heart. That's creating this chaos on the inside of you. That's causing you to speak things that you shouldn't be saying. And it's brooding death and destruction and division in your home of your kids. You're not speaking words of life. You're speaking words of death. Your home is where you live. I remember growing up in my house. My parents didn't have a good relationship when they were younger. They were fighting. My dad was from the Middle East. My mom was from Germany. We had Saddam Hussein and Hitler in the house. And both of them, they had jujitsu with the words. They were word ninjas. And I love my parents. But I'll be honest with you. I grew up in a home that was divided. I grew up in a home that was, there was so much tension in the house that I wanted to run away from home and never go back there. I didn't want to be anywhere near that. And I I remember there'd be fights in the house and the doorbell would ring. (laughs) Oh, hello. (laughs) It was all fake. It was all surface. And family, you have to get the junk out of the heart. That's what you got to get clean. You got to get this temple clean. Two weeks ago, I started talking about There's things that you have done in your sinful life. Even though you don't practice those things anymore, you have markings. You have stains in your garment that remind you of the things that you did that you can't get clean. So every time you close your eyes to worship, those things are there. And the Bible says that God is coming back for a bride whose garments are without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. And there's things that you have been stained by in your life that God wants to purify and clean so that the temple walls are clean and that this is a house that's pure and a place of worship. When you close your eyes, the only things that are written on the tablet of your heart are the instructions of the Lord and the promises of God. Because in um, the book of James, let's go there for fun. In the book of James chapter 3. Here it is. James chapter, th- chapter 3. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. So that means I got to practice what I preach. That means I can't I can't download sermons from sermon.com and give you some cool sermon Do you know that there are people that write sermons for pastors? It's a profession. And get money for it, babe. What a great idea. (laughs) Puresermons.com. Let's get back to the Word. It says, indeed, we all make mistakes, for if we could control our tongues, we would be perfect and could also conduct ourselves in every other way. That's good, right? It says, we can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder makes a a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses it to go. Even though the winds are strong, in the same way the tongue is small, that makes grand speeches. So basically, what this what James is doing is he's saying the tongue has the ability to change your life in any direction, no matter what's going on in your life. No matter how big the ship, your tongue can change the direction of your life. In the midst of storms, in the midst of anything, what you say. Is very important. Because what you say you will eventually do. We're going to get to the root of it right here in a second. It says, but a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish. I want to see somebody tame a fish. Well, they do. Shamu. Imagine they were taming fish back in the Bible days already. I mean, it's in there. They were taming fish. They had fish tamers back in James' day. Is that in there? Am I reading it or not? They had fish tamers. But no one can tame the tongue. It is restless and evil, full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who are made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing... Come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Does a fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No. And you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So the bottom line here is, what you say, what comes out of your mouth, as, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Many people try to get the tongue tamed, but the tongue cannot be tamed. The tongue will only say what's in the heart. What controls the tongue is what's in the heart. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So if this world is chaos and jealousy and fighting and judgment and anger and false worship, them idle things we were talking about earlier, you're letting stuff into your temple that's bringing confusion, that's bringing judgment, anger, and this is no longer a house of worship. And then what comes out of the mouth? What, the atmosphere of the heart, it comes out of the mouth, and now it fills the room. That's why when people are cursing and shouting and mad, you can feel anger in the room and you run from it. Is this true? When there's love in somebody's heart and they open their mouth and they speak, there's a different atmosphere that enters into the room. And we are very sensitive to atmospheres. Somebody can walk in the room and you can feel like they got a cloud over their head. What's wrong with you today? Because you can look at people's faces and tell what's going on inside the heart. And so, family, we cannot control the tongue, but we can control what's in the heart. Because what are you opening yourself up to and what is the source that is flooding your heart? Let's read some scriptures. Let's read these because this is good. We are trying to get you to experience life, the the everyday practical life that you live with your family on the job, and when you're taking a shower, when you're putting makeup on your face, when you're cooking food for your family, when you're at the grocery store. These are all parts of your life when you're washing the dishes and doing the chores around the house. You're going to work, and you've got the job that you need to do. What is the atmosphere on the inside of you while you're doing these things that are part of your life? Because there is nothing worse than waking up miserable every single day. You wake up every day and you just have this cloud of misery. Everything that you see is you hate your life. You hate the people in your life. You want to change things and you're just never content. And there's this peace and this joy that the Lord gives you that unlocks on the inside of you. That floods your heart. When the walls in your temple are clean. When you know that you're right with God. The things of the past that have tormented your life. You've overcome them. And you stand in a place of victory and authority in Christ Jesus. No longer living in the flesh but you live in the spirit. And your life is filled with faith. You have hope. The love of God is on the inside of you that's the world that's what that's what that's the world that needs to be on the inside of you so when you look at people you're not cursing them you're blessing them you're speaking words of life you're encouraging them but i'm telling you if you're in that state and where you can't help yourself how are you going to help anybody else everybody with me i want to clean up the atmosphere in your heart We want to clean up the atmosphere that's in your house so that when you leave the house, you carry the atmosphere of God with you everywhere that you go. Instead of you walking in the room making people want to run, you walk into the room and people want to come to you. They want to be around you because you energize them, you strengthen them, you bring them hope. I find it all the time. You come around people and then suddenly they just want to dump their whole life on you. And you got one of two choices, depending on the atmosphere on the inside of you. Somebody comes to you, if you're weighed down with all your burdens, and somebody comes and tells you their burdens, you're like, get away from me. That person. But when you're full with love and light and life and hope and strength, They come to you. You can now encourage them. This river of life begins to pour out of you into dead, dry places, and you're turning atmospheres around in other places that you go. Everybody with me? But when you disconnect from the source, the only thing left in you is that dark cloud. Does this make sense to you? I'm talking like you guys know what I'm talking about. All right, cool. Yeah. Colossians 1.21 says, we're separated from God by our evil thoughts and actions. So thoughts that are not fixed on the things of heaven, they're fixed on self and the flesh, it actually separates you from the presence of God. Because you can't be in the presence of God and in your flesh at the same time. You have to choose which side you're on. You're not fighting the devil. You're dealing with the stuff in your heart. Is everybody with me? Because what comes out of the heart, yeah, that's a good, that's a good scripture. Let's find that one. Sorry, we're just bouncing around here. Um, where is that? I think I've got it somewhere. Here, here it is. I believe it's Mark 7. Maybe verse 20. It says, It's what comes from inside that defiles you. From within, out of the heart, come evil thoughts, sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, wickedness, deceit, lustful desires, envy, slander, pride, foolishness. All these vile things come from within, and they are what defile you. So there are two rivers that are flowing in you. And if you unlock that river of sin... That's the stuff that begins to flow out of your heart. And what happens is you begin to desire those things. The one thing that you will never graduate from in in this journey is desire. You will not graduate from hunger and thirst in the spirit. Just like you get hungry and thirsty in the natural, you will be hungry and thirsty in the spirit for different things. And you're either feeding on the word of God or you're feeding on the trash that's flowing. Everybody with me? And on the inside of you, when you fix your mind on lust and all those other things, greed, jealousy, anger, that consumes you on the inside. Because what you behold, you become. And in one moment, you could be praising the Lord. And in the next moment, your attention is taken captive by this other thing. And now something different is coming out of you. You could be worshiping the Lord. Driving down. And then somebody cuts in front of you. You knows what I'm talking about. Because you took the bait. You allowed something to pull you out of the presence of God. And what you have to do is you have to learn to discipline yourself. That's part of what the Holy Ghost gives you as a strength. When it comes on the inside, it gives you self-discipline so that you can control your thoughts, that you can control what's circling around on the inside of you. You're either meditating on the Word of God and the promises of God and the things of God and all the good that God has for you, or you're circling another mountain. But it digs a hole. It's a ditch that you get into. And you can feel atmospheres. You can feel the presence and the glory of God when it comes upon you, and you can feel depression when it comes on you. This is part of your life. You feel these things, and what shifts those atmospheres is where your mind goes. What you give your attention to floods you immediately, and you need to learn to shut things down. Who's with me? So, when we stop asking, we stop receiving. When we stop seeking, we stop finding. When we no longer believe God can help us, we go look at other sources. Hebrews 11 verse 6 says, Without faith, it is impossible to please God. And this is where it comes to. You have to believe that He exists and that He rewards those who diligently seek Him. So the things that you are looking for, you will find them if you're looking in the right place. But if you're going to Madam, whoever she is, looking into the crystal ball, and you're going to your horoscopes, and you're going to all these other sources to try and find what God already has to give you, you are divided, and you're not going to get nothing from the Lord. You need to make a clean cut on the inside of you, That as for me and this house, we're going to serve the Lord. You want to get your husband and your kids serving the Lord? You need to do it first. Stop telling them to do it. Lead by your example. Oh, I feel that. I feel that control and that manipulation. I feel it. I want to throw something right now. In the name of Jesus, let that be exposed to the roots, God. I don't know what's going on today, but I'm seeing everything and I'm feeling everything. It's crazy. I'm feeling atmospheres in people's homes. I'm sensing the atmosphere in people's hearts. It's like I'm taken into these situations and I I feel it. You know what it feels like to be in that environment. People manipulating and controlling. It is so demonic. And we're going to uproot it today. Can I get an amen? Because... Your mouth should flow rivers of life. Words of life should be flowing out of you, not words of death and destruction. Amen. And family, if we don't truly have relationship with the Lord and we're truly not drinking from his presence, this cannot flow out of you. It's absolutely impossible. It's impossible. And religion will keep you out of God's presence. What is religion? Religion is I have to do all these things. I remember when I first started, you know, I'll give you some practical stuff because we need, to, we need to really get this right. You know, I went to traditional churches and all I got was formula and saying the same thing and doing the same thing. And then there was no life in it. You know, you, you got you to kneel, you got to die, you got the holy water. That's not holy water. You know how many people put their fingers in there? You're putting it on your face. the The, the priest, you, he would wipe, wipe, wipe what he just put on, there and wipe it, and then give you, and then the next, and then wipe it with the same. That stuff did not produce any life. There was no life in any of that religion stuff that I was practicing. There was nothing. And then when I came into the Christian church, there were all these formulas. Well, you've got to read one psalm, and then you read—you got to read one proverb, and then you got to read a little bit in the Old Testament, and then you got to read the New Testament. I'm confused right now. I don't know nothing about the Bible, and I'm reading everywhere, and I'm totally confused. And then, you, you know, you hear people's stories. Well, you know, I get up in the morning and, you know, 4 a.m. Well, that's not my sleeping pattern. If I wake up at 4 a.m. in the morning to go and talk to the Lord, I am miserable. I'm sleeping. Not the best time of day for me to give to Jesus. Give him the best. 4 a.m. is not my best moment. That was the beginning. Now, 3 a.m. is amazing for me. But in the beginning, it was bad. You're sleeping and drooling, you know, on your Bible. There's no life. There's, there's nothing there. And family, we have to just get real with God. He wants a personal relationship with you. He knows you. He wants to talk to you in a way that you understand him. He's gonna deal with you differently than he deals with me. We have three children, they're completely different, three different personalities. The one you have to beat them and they'll look at you like, is that all you got? <laughs> and the other one, you look at them, would we'll just look at him and they're Ooh! so the Lord treats us as individuals, and He knows how to work with us. To get us to understand what he's trying to tell us. But we have to get rid of all the fake stuff and we have to get real. And that means you're going to have to talk to him like you would talk. You don't go, oh, thus there's father of thy heavens. Hallowed be thy name. Who talks like that? I don't talk to my parents that way. Why is it that we switch into this weird tradition, religion thing when it comes to talking to God? Just be real. Lord, I need help. I'm I'm ticked off right now, Jesus. I don't know what's going on here. I don't know how to fix this. Holy Ghost, please come and help me. And when you don't know something, ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know how to do this. I don't know if it's God talking to me or not. Okay. Then say, Holy Spirit, I'm not sure if this is you. Can you say it again? How many of you remember the days of the Internet when, uh, I think it was Microsoft. Yeah, it was, yeah, the days of Microsoft. (laughs) That was a long time ago. (sighs) Yeah, because I don't use uh, any Microsoft Windows programs any longer. You know, it was like going from hell to heaven. When I switched from Microsoft to Mac, it was really night and day. No, really. Yeah. So listen, when I would go on the internet, on a, there was always a virus on my Windows computer. Always. And there were these pop-ups. These things, you're just on the internet and these annoying pop-ups, they just keep popping up. And then you click it and it won't go away. It just keeps coming back. Who knows what I'm talking about? So God is the same way. If you'll say, Lord, show me again, it'll pop up again. It'll pop up again. It'll pop up again. And if you talk to the Lord, who do you think is going to talk back to you? If I'm speaking to the Lord, I'm expecting the Lord to speak back to me. Amen? And what you have to do is you have to begin to test it out and say, Lord, is this you? But if you're worshiping and reading your word and then you start talking to the Lord, you're naturally in the presence of the Lord. You're going to have God talk to you. If there's peace in your heart and there's joy in your heart, there's this atmosphere of heaven on the inside of you. It's an atmosphere of joy when you talk to the Lord. The Holy Ghost nudges you on the inside with that still small voice. And if there's peace on the inside of you, you know this has to be God. Because the minute it's not God, there's this feeling on the inside of you. And so, family, we want to clear up the the blockages that are keeping you out of the presence of the Lord. And I remember the days where my heart was so tainted by my life of sin. And I had all this judgment against my parents and aggravation with everything in life. I was not happy with myself. I know what it is to live in that place. But then I know what it is for the Lord to come and clean it all up. And for this peace to be on the inside of you. And we have to look in the mirror and deal with the things that are really there. We've got to stop avoiding them. Do you know that when Jesus got baptized in the river Jordan, he came up out of the water, the Holy Spirit came upon him. The Holy Spirit led him into the desert to face the devil. When you get Jesus Christ in your life and the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit makes you face the enemy that's been trying to control you, manipulate you, and take you down. Everything that the enemy wants to do to destroy you, the Holy Ghost is the power that wants to bring you to overcome those giants in your life. But those things are on the inside of you. And you've got to stop running from those things and you've got to start facing them. We cannot mask what's in the heart. And the Lord has given the priests three things. He's given us fire holes from the altar. He's given us the blood of Jesus, and He's given us the water of the Word of God. And with those three things, we can cleanse the hearts of people so this can become a pure house of worship. But if you never come to the altar to get the heart clean, if you never confess the sins, if you never deal with the writings on the wall, if you don't deal with the tragedies and the hurts that are in there, And every time you close your eyes, you will see those things. They're like a thorn in your mind. They sit right there. But Jesus took a crown of thorns in his head to deal with that stuff in your mind. Amen. And all I can do is tell you to get the heart clean. And then guard your heart and protect it. Because it's your life every single day. Amen. And we want you to experience life and life more abundantly. And what the Lord is doing here today, I feel, just to clarify all this talking around the mountain, let me, let me get a point out of all of this. I want you to go home and check your house. Make sure there's nothing in your home that is an attachment to things that are not of God. You need to shut some things down. Amen? You need to get rid of some stuff. Number two, you need to check your heart. You need to be diligent to check your heart. You know, you walk out into the garden, you see weeds growing, you need to pull the weeds out. Because if you don't pull the weeds out, they're going to become a thorn bush. And so you've got to check your own thoughts. You've got to watch the atmosphere on the inside of you. And you've got to watch the things that are triggers that pull you out of the presence, pull you out of peace. The the kingdom of God is righteousness, peace, and joy. The minute you lose your joy, you lose your peace, and you don't act right. And so you've got to watch the things that are trying to pull you to the place where you're now going to act, use your body, not as a vessel and a temple of God, but to do things that are against what God wants you to do. And then you've got to watch the words that are coming out of your mouth. What I'm telling you today is going to open your eyes to see things about yourself that you've never seen before. And you're going to start catching yourself. You're going to say, oh, I see that. Okay, I can make the adjustment. Where before, it would just come out of you and there'd be no check. Yeah, we're putting a Holy Ghost check on you today. Amen? I hope this is helping everybody. I I left the notes a long time ago. And I'm just talking what I'm seeing in my heart. There's three types of word that you need to focus on. Number one, the written word. Jesus used the written word to overcome the devil and his tempting and testing in the wilderness. The written word is powerful. The second type of word that you need to focus on or meditate on is the spoken word. The words that come from the mouth of God, revelation. Right? This is the entrance of his word that brings light, revelation. You see things with with the eyes of your heart that you don't, That comes alive on the inside of you. And the third type of word that you need to meditate on is the prophetic words. The words that your pastors or your pastor or spiritual leader gives you. And that's me, I guess, in this place. But there are times where we call people up in these lines and we say things to you. And those are not just things that we say because, you know, we just want to be happy. Tell you something nice. No, we're speaking things into you that we see that God is doing or bringing you into. Amen? And so that's why you need to have a journal. You need to write down the things that the Lord speaks to you so that you can, you can have a prayer life. The Bible says that when you pray according to the will of God, you can be confident that God's going to answer your prayers. So when the Lord gives you promises and he speaks things out of his mouth and you write them down in your journal, what happens is you've got something that you can go pray about. For example, 2017, the Lord said to me, you're moving from renting to owning. So that was something that I wrote in my book. I didn't just write it in my book. I made a whole song about it. Why? Because I want to meditate on what God said to me so that it is actually written on the tablet of my heart. It's got to go from my head to become revelation on the inside of me. Amen? I want to keep myself in remembrance of what God said to me. That was when we had uh, 10,000 square feet of space in a center. Today, we have 18 acres of property. It's a difference between renting and owning. See what I'm saying? So when I go into my prayer time and I'm saying, God, you said owning. I'm still renting. What's going on here? I don't go say, God, where's my property? No, what I do is I go back to the word. Father, you said renting to owning. I thank you for the wisdom. Show me which is our property. Father, I thank you that you're going to bring the resources and the money because you said we're going to own our property. Thank you, Lord, that we don't just own the property. The property is debt-free. So now what's coming out of my mouth, because I have creative ability, I can use my mouth to speak what God says and create things that don't yet exist in my life. Now you enter into what you said. We're enjoying the property because we went through the process of the word going from the heart to becoming a reality. And That's what your prayer time is supposed to be. It's not supposed to be a time where you argue with the Lord and tell Him your problems. Your time with the Lord should be be still and know that I am the Lord and let the Lord reveal to you the things that he has for your life. Do you know that there is a book, a book of your life in the heart of God that he wants to open up and page you through and show you the things he's prepared for you? But if you're not in that place where you can come into the presence of the Lord and have a relationship with the Lord, you'll never see those things. You'll never hear Him. And we need to help you get this stuff clean. That's what I want to see happen this summer. I want to see your heart get so squeaky clean that the atmosphere of heaven is on the inside of you. When you walk into the office, people look at you and say, wow. Whoo. Something different about you. I like it. What's going on? Amen. Stand with me this morning or evening, afternoon, wherever we are. Okay. I hope you got something out of that. your hands to the Lord. Say this, Heavenly Father. I stand before you today. And I know that you're coming back for a bride without spot, wrinkle, or blemish. I want my heart pure, clean. The temple walls on the inside of me. I want them to only have your words and your promises written on the walls of my heart. I want the atmosphere on the inside of me to be that of peace and joy. I want the words that come out of my mouth to be words of encouragement, words of life, And I ask you, Lord, to forgive me for yielding to my sinful nature. For allowing the temple of my heart to be clouded. I only want the glory of God on the inside of me. Holy Spirit, I ask you to help me. Clean me up. From the inside. Come with the fire of God. Purify my heart. If there's anything in me, God, that is not pleasing to you. Things that I cannot see. I ask you to uproot it from my life. I want my life to be pleasing to you, Lord. And everything that I think, say and do. I want my life to be, I want my life to be a life of worship. Father, I thank you today for your people. I thank you for our lives, God. Lord Jesus, you died so that we could have life and have it more abundantly. Lord, I thank you today that you are showing us the different areas where we're allowing. our our mind to be distracted and our hearts to be overtaken by the things of the flesh, by the spirit of the world. And Father, I ask that you would strengthen your people. Father, that this this self-discipline that we need to guard our hearts and our minds, oh, that you would help each and every one of us. And Father, I thank you today. I see you strengthening every single person in this place. Trees and oaks of righteousness, rooted and grounded by the river of life, producing fruit every season. Father, I thank you that we're coming into a fruitful season where people will come to eat the fruit on the trees. Lord, I thank you that people are going to see the fruit that we are carrying. They're going to come to receive the life that we have. And I thank you, Lord, that we're going to see a lot of people impacted through this body because of your presence and your goodness in our lives, God. Father, I thank you that you're with us. You never leave us nor forsake us. Lord, we give you honor. We give you praise. And we thank you, God, for being so good to us. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Amen. Well, we love you guys.